0: Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the e Sales Tax Podcast, where we answer and discuss all the issues um, with sales tax uh, that arise for you e-commerce sellers out there. And today we've got Andy Johnson, Dan Pison, and Jason Parr on, on uh, the podcast with us today. So welcome, guys.
1: Hey, everybody.
0: Hello, hello. So I know that we've got some pretty recent news. I know in my email this morning, we got got a letter from California talking about their, that they've signed the new changes to their sales tax laws, and I was just wondering if I could get your guys' take on it.
1: Well, my initial take is that this is a really big deal. Um, it's brand new. It's In the larger picture, it's just evidence that states are constantly changing especially in the wake of the Wayfair decision so California is modifying its previous thresholds so just from a pure practitioner standpoint it's it's fascinating just to watch how states are kind of meter reacting <laughs> to um, to things but there's two big things happening in California one is that they have uh, raised the, the threshold and two they have a a bill to require companies like Amazon to collect tax on behalf of their own, of their sellers. So there's a couple of big questions that I want to pose to Jason and to Dan uh, on behalf of our clients. And the question is, uh, do I, now do I have to worry about California anymore? Because first of all, there, there's not even a, a threshold of number of sales. It's just a pure dollar amount. And second of all, pretty soon Amazon's going to have to be collecting the tax. So, um, what do you say guys?
2: Well, I'll just give a broad, uh, response to that. Um, it, it is interesting as a practitioner to, to see the different States and some of the complexities that come along with how they're trying to handle, uh, the marketplace and the situation ever since Wayfair. And, um, So just to answer your question broadly, and and Dan, I know we'll give some more details, do I need to worry about California? Yes. (laughs) You need to worry about California. You need to worry about every state that's uh, passed an economic nexus law. Uh, Because uh, even though they may be passing uh, marketplace facilitator laws, um, until a state provides sufficient advice to say that you don't need to file or you don't need to register, You don't want to just automatically assume if you exceed those thresholds that you have no responsibility in that state. It's very simple. It really is. It's easy to say it's uh, it's an increased threshold, um, and I still exceed the threshold, but hey, in October, Amazon's going to be required to collect and remit the tax. Um, There are, Dan can correct me, seven or eight or nine other states now, maybe more at this point. Who have passed these marketplace facilitator laws and there's only three or four who have actually provided guidance to say that you don't need to file or you don't need to register so you you what we always say is is you definitely need state by state and an exposure analysis or a nexus study to really understand uh what you should do based on your transactions based on the taxability of your product and based on the laws on the books at the time associated with each of those given states.
3: Thank you, Jason. Uh, just to, uh, just to elaborate a little bit. Um, <clears throat> first off uh, as a regard, as a, a warning to a lot of our, our sellers out there, uh, regardless of the threshold changes, I don't care if they change the threshold to 5 million. I don't care if they change the transactional threshold to zero or, or th- or what, if you have physical inventory in the state, then that can still give you nexus. That has not changed yet. The, state of the, uh, the new bill did not in any way change the definition of, of a retailer uh, in regards to a physical presence. So if you have inventory sitting in an Amazon warehouse, then the state still considers that to be a nexus-creating activity and the if, and regardless of your sales volume, the, that will still give you nexus. So if you have inventory, if you're registered to collect tax, and you have inventory in the state through the FBA program, then um, certainly you need to continue to collect tax regardless of your sales volume. If you do not have inventory in the state, and your sales volume is lower than the new threshold, and you ran out and registered, uh, because of the the old threshold then congratulations you you were proactive and you can effectively under the new guidance deregister and uh, and not have to collect the tax now you do have to file a final return and turn in any tax you have collected to this date you certainly don't get to hold on to anything you've collected to date uh, if you happen to have more than if you have more than the new threshold then obviously you need to stay registered, and continue to collect.
1: My my reaction to this, I'm sure, is the same as your reaction to this, Dan and Jason, is that I think this is great news. It's great news for smaller sellers because I always thought that, and I know we've talked about this many times, we all think this, that in our firm, we all think that the smaller sellers should not have to be messing around with tax and the idea that california this seems to be a trend dan that states are eliminating the threshold the, the transaction threshold in many states it was 200 transactions and california said no there's no transaction threshold it's pure dollars and that's really i guess another message of all this is don't think that states care about making things easier for sellers even small sellers it's really all about maximizing tax for them and making the tax collection as easy as possible for them so when they say there's uh the threshold is going is going away the the transaction threshold that's because they don't want to deal with a bunch of small tax returns it takes money to process all these tax returns and if you have 200 transactions in california for a dollar each you're sending in like, uh, you know, $10 in tax and it costs them more to process that than the tax. But they don't want to miss out on the tax either. They don't even want to miss out on someone who's under a hundred transactions. So by going and in, in reducing and in raising the threshold and eliminating the transaction threshold, they've made things very easy on themselves and giving up some tax. So Then at the same time, this is why I know many more states are going to do this. At the same time, they're saying, hey, uh, if you're a marketplace facilitator, meaning you're Amazon or eBay or Walmart, then from now on, you have to collect tax on behalf of all your sellers. I don't care if, if they make one sale in our state, you're going to collect tax from them and send it to us. So states simultaneously are making things easier and collecting more revenue. Agreed, Dan?
3: Oh, most certainly. Uh, they States uh, love administrative convenience. And if they can get those those sales in from, from one company with a very sophisticated accounting system and armies of, of programmers to program in whatever law changes they happen to make, then they're going to do that versus having to, to separately go out and audit all those separate sellers and process their returns. And it, it, it's a much more efficient package. And I think it's It's eventually going to be better for everyone. Uh, and and certainly the way we see the marketplace going, um, and it's just taking right now, what we're, what we're seeing is, is the States going through and I believe I've mentioned this before, but marketplace facilitator takes an act of their legislatures. South Carolina just passed theirs, uh, to, which was signed into law, I believe yesterday, effective immediately. Uh, there's, which is, which, uh, By the way, we have no idea what that's going to do to their ongoing court case with Amazon, alleging that Amazon was already the one that was supposed to collect and remit the tax. Be curious to see if the fact that they just enshrined it in law is going to change anything. But uh, uh, that should. So South Carolina is now being collected by Amazon. Uh, We've already seen the message for that. And uh, there's we we expect to see in the next few months, a number of other states come online as their, their legislatures finally get these laws through. Then
1: mm-hmm. there's one thing you said in there that I'm going to disagree with. You said eventually it'd be better for everyone. And in the context of small sellers, yes, yes. And this is exactly what Amazon would want. It's what Congress would want. It's what small businesses want. But in all of this marketplace facilitator, higher thresholds, changes, here's the one group that is worse off in my opinion and it's the larger sellers because if you think about it, a larger seller sells probably on Amazon, probably on their own website, probably through some other, uh, you know, brick and mortar stores, probably multiple channels, multiple accounting systems. For them, sales tax got more complicated, not less because Now on their sales tax return, they have to account for money that Amazon sent in on their behalf. They have to account for money that Walmart sent in or eBay. Uh, Then they have to figure out, okay, well, what did we actually collect ourselves? So the returns got more complicated. Uh, I I don't envy software software vendors, sales tax software vendors, because they have to constantly make changes to adapt to all these rapidly changing laws. So for larger sellers, say over a million, five million, they have nexus themselves. Some of their sales will be collected by Amazon, some not, some collected by eBay, some not. And it's just a bigger mess than it ever was. Am I wrong?
3: No, I think that's, uh, I I think you're absolutely right. I wasn't thinking of that that particular group. And to confuse things even more, uh, we, what we've seen with these other platforms is an inconsistency. Amazon it has a big old bullseye on their head because they're the biggest and the state they've got to be compliant pretty much on day one, or they've got, they've got to have a very ironclad understanding from the States that they've got an ex, that they're, they've got till X date to be compliant uh, because they're, they're the, the big name. Uh, it always, it surprises me to be honest when I see the, the level of, of tax system that, that some of these other platforms implement because it's uh, eBay is not nearly as consistent despite them being a, a household name themselves. Uh, Walmart is not consistent in all the platforms that they collect on or the states they collect for. So it seems like they're, that a lot of these other platforms are, are not as consistent as Amazon with, with keeping up with the states that they need to collect in or they're taking different positions. So you could very well be on a given state be collecting on four different platforms and only half of them be remitting tax on your behalf to the state. So you, you could actually be in a an even more confusing situation and with sellers expanding across platforms, it's possible even some of the smaller sellers may get pinched by that. So it is a very real problem.
1: I saw Jason unmute like he was about to say something. (laughs) Well, I just wanted to
2: echo what both of you said. Uh, The states do want to make it very convenient uh, to collect as much uh, tax revenue as possible, but they don't always make it easy for the taxpayer. just want to give a shout out to everybody that has to prepare a quarterly California sales tax return and then enter that online. Um, It's a huge frustration across the board, a state that big that doesn't have an upload yet that functions properly um, from any software package or uh, from any setup. And then uh, you mentioned South Carolina as well. And uh, so it, it's not easy uh, to comply sometimes from, a, from a, a sales tax return processing perspective. And, uh, and, but we do that on a consistent basis uh, for hundreds of accounts. Uh, I just want to also amplify the fact that um, for uh, a small seller or a large seller who's on multiple platforms or who sells on their own website, Um, this is a significant issue because they will be required to continue to be registered in every state and comply in every state for taxes they're required to collect on uh, platforms that are not on a marketplace facilitator. And um, that's a consistent issue. And the, the compliance actually becomes more complicated because you still have to file the same return. You still have to show all of the sales even though they were collected by uh, a marketplace facilitator. And then you have to show credits and you have to show the net amounts that you owe, um, that you collected uh, on NetSuite or Shopify or Magento or uh, any of the other platforms that might be on your own website or might be on your own in-house system. One of the areas that we've seen a lot of is is very large companies uh, who begin utilizing marketplace facilitators to be able to, to expand their own market. And um, where they may have never had a responsibility to uh, register, collect, and remit tax, now have that responsibility in multiple states, and they sell on their own website and they sell on Amazon, um, and and that's an issue. So, uh, why is in bringing that up? Because the the issue of compliance and the changing in state laws has not changed the responsibility for people to have to deal with this month to
1: month. Yeah. Can you hear me okay? Cause it sounded like my microphone just died. Yeah. I hear you just fine. Okay. Maybe it's warning me. I have another question <laughs> for you guys. So I know, um, and you know this too, uh, clients are going to be asking, all right, so marketplace facilitator law coming online in October, should we just wait till October? You know, should we just try to, to stay under the, the radar and what if, if is California the uh, CTFA or California Tax and Fee Administration, are they going to pursue people? You know, a lot of people got letters. Are they just going to drop that pursuit Dan, and uh, let these let these past exposure liabilities go away? So those two questions: should I should I try to stay under the radar? But if I've already been discovered, won't they just kind of drop it?
3: Well, Andy, uh, to as far as staying under the radar, if you've already been discovered, then it is my understanding in talking to the representatives from the CDTFA, which we've had a number of clients that, that are going through this that they are the few ever, all of these these bill changes in the Amazon collection is going to be prospective. the, the past liability, regardless of, of all other considerations, they still consider that to be tax that is legally due. And they are, they're going to reach out and continue to run this program. They're sending letters to people. They are, uh, we've, we've heard the the language can get rather drastic. Uh, they, and they do intend to use their, their full suite of collections abilities to try to recover the, uh, tax, uh, in some cases, penalty and interest on, on these past tax liabilities. So if you uh, if in the event that you try to uh, ignore it and wait, then that means while Amazon will start collecting taxes in the future for you, the state's not gonna let go of a past liability it's already identified. They may not get to you immediately. They, they do have a lot of people they've contacted, but they will get to you eventually. Let me
2: just say something that we've been teaching for years, and that's what we call the biggest tragedy in sales tax. And that's the fact if you had the ability to collect tax at the time of a sale or had a requirement to do so, and you didn't, uh, and having to pay that tax out of your own pocket later with penalties and interest is the biggest tragedy in sales tax. So if you exceed the threshold, and Amazon is not required to collect and remit that tax at this time, then our recommendation would be to turn on the tax, as we call it, stop the bleeding, we also sometimes say, and get registered prospectively in, and begin collecting and remitting that tax. Um, if there's even a chance that California could come back between the months of April and October and require tax out of your own pocket with penalty and interest, that would be a tragedy. So if you exceed the threshold, uh, absolutely, you should strongly consider getting registered and turning the tax uh, on on the platforms that you're on, and uh, remitting those taxes to the state. And I, and I would say that with any state.
1: All right. Well, uh, I I think that you you know we we can make general recommendations here, as you guys know, and every business is unique. Every situation is unique, and as we've said many times, every business needs a a nexus review exposure analysis that's unique to their situation and state by state. California has recently changed, South Carolina's changed, other states will be changing, have changed. So a detailed review of what you've done in the past, what you expect to do in the future, and then a, a report that helps you navigate what to do next is super valuable. So that's our recommendation is that you uh, set up a call. Uh, the link will be in, this, in the podcast notes and let us consult with you. No cost basis just to get the process started. It's just sometimes just kind of scheduling that call is the most important thing you can do to, to, as the first step towards peace of mind. And knowing what your options are and then executing on those options is just a great source of relief that I highly recommend. So, uh, Ryan, back to you.
0: All right. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Jason and Dan. I think this is very valuable valuable information uh, for everybody. And it could be some good news for some, bad news for others. Um, But, again, to echo Andy, uh, the Nexus review is there. And uh, there's no cost to get started. So look for that link down below. I'll provide it down there for you. And we hope to see you guys next week.